Hey there, welcome to the Elopement Podcast, the first ever wedding planning podcast dedicated entirely to couples who are ditching tradition and instead choosing what speaks to them most. I'm Ruth Ann Z, an intimate wedding and elopement photographer, and guess what? I eloped too. I get it. Everything that you're feeling, I've been there. I created this podcast to share with you all of the nitty gritty that comes with eloping, from picking the perfect location, navigating any fears you might have, and planning the most kick-ass day of your life. I'm so excited you're here, and I can't wait to get started, so let's go. Hey guys, welcome to the Elopement Podcast. Uh, Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to say hello to all of the new listeners out there. Um, I have been seeing an uptick quite significantly, actually, in listeners since uh, COVID has hit and, you know, we've kind of settled into the reality of 2020 and weddings going forward. And I know there's a lot of you out there who are here because you are adjusting your wedding plans. So welcome. Um, I'm so sorry for everything going on that is forcing you into changed plans, but I hope at the very least that this podcast can give you some hope and uh, some inspiration to making your day the absolute best it possibly can be. So um, today we're going to be talking on that note about locations and what that looks like when you're planning your elopement, who you should be reaching out to for those, how to obtain a location and a place that you haven't been to before, um, and everything that might go along with that. So um, the first thing that I want to say to this end is that I am a specific kind of photographer and planner when it comes to elopements and not everybody adheres to the same expectations or protocol in that sphere as I do. Um, I have so many friends who are on the same page as me, but I also have quite a few who are less involved and that's what works for their business and that's totally fine. So as always, this is not... excuse me, this is not a law. This is not how it always is. This is not what you should um, demand if it's not what's being offered, but it's definitely going to help you kind of determine who you should be, um, like how you should prioritize finding your vendors for your elopement if this is something that's important to you. So with that said, let's get into it. Um, So about once to four times a week, depending on the week, I get an email or a text message or a DM asking me if I will give away certain locations. And the answer, the short answer is always no, Um, but the long answer is more in depth to the end of no, but I would love to talk to you about working with you if this is something that you are needing help with. Um, I don't give out location advice to non-clients for the sole reason that I have paying clients who have booked me because that is a large part of the services that are included in my packages. Um, But also, I don't have time to give everybody location advice and scouting um, that I've worked really hard to to just like give it out. So when you're in the process of planning your elopement and you're like, for example, and for ease of explanation, (laughs) you want to come to Tahoe. Say you haven't been here before or you've only explored a certain part of the lake. So you start doing your research and you find that you might need permits for a state park and you can't really find information on, you know, getting married on national forest land or, um, you know, you're not really sure if you should stick to the North Shore, if you should stick to the South Shore, you know, East or West and, you know, where's the best light and all of these things. And you start getting really overwhelmed by that. Well, I have recognized that as to as a, as a pretty large problem for my couples who come here. And I know that 
that's a hurdle that most of them want to overcome. So that's part of the services that I offer. And that's included in what you book with me. But for those of you who are keeping your original vendors, which kudos to you, I cannot tell you how happy I know that that makes them. Um, Your traditional wedding photographer might not be super familiar with the process of creating a timeline for you based on an elopement date. They might not be super familiar with having the entire day to themselves to like base it around photography and what you want to shoot and the images you want to capture because a traditional wedding day is subject to tradition and certain expectations of we're going to do the getting ready and then we're going to do the first look and then we're going to walk down the aisle and then we're going to get married and then we're going to have you know family portraits and cocktail hour and all of these things and it's a very systematic approach and if you are having a traditional wedding typically there is somebody else involved whether it's a planner a family member your sister whatever helping make that go smoothly. And so it's not necessarily on your photographer's shoulders to be the one managing that. Whereas in elopements and with what I do specifically and my fellow elopement gurus, um, we're super hands-on and we're super involved because it doesn't really make sense for you to hire a planner for your elopement day if at the end of it, we know that we can help you accommodate and accomplish what you're looking to do. So When you go looking for locations, the first thing that you need to do is you need to establish if you're going to do sunrise or sunset, and that's going to give you a general idea of where you want to be. And if you're going to a mountainous location, you need to take in the fact that the sun goes down at different times than it actually says it does. So the other day I went paddleboarding with my sisters at sunset on a, on a lake nearby, and we got there an hour before traditional nautical sunset however the sun went down 30 minutes earlier than the time that it was supposed to quote unquote be gone and that's because we were right next to a mountain and the sun sank below it and it's gone so when you're picking locations it's super helpful to consider those sorts of things but in the event that you don't know where you're going or you don't have super uh, familiar ties with the area or you're just not really sure how mountain light works that's where it's really helpful to bring in somebody else Now, again, I get direct messages all the time asking for location advice. And again, the short answer is I just don't give that out because I don't have time to. And I don't want to disrespect my current clients who have paid me for that service. Um, But if you are, you know, a new client and you are, you know, you you haven't hired a wedding vendor yet or a wedding photographer yet and you haven't you haven't gone down that route, I would highly encourage you if this is something that stresses you out to find a photographer that is going to guide you through that process because it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work for somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, and there's a lot of factors that play into that. So when you're choosing a location, there's a few things that you need to keep in mind. Um, number one, how many people are you having in attendance and what does the accessibility need to be like? So if your grandma's coming and you need to be able to have a kick-ass view with like, you know, 10 steps from the car, that might be kind of hard to find without some assistance. Um, If you guys are willing to hike and just like go on a trek and you, it's just the two of you or, you know, it's you and a couple best friends and you're efficient, get on all trails, get on Google Maps and just check it out, see what's available and uh, find a trail that would work. Uh, obviously you want to keep in mind where the position of the sun is going to be, um, how you're going to get there, how long it's going to take to get there and those sorts of things. And again, that's where it does come in handy to have somebody that's familiar. But if that's not an option to you, um, there are definitely ways around it. 
So accessibility is a really big one. Like how much time do you want to spend of your elopement day getting to the location and how crucial is it for certain people to be able to access that location and what is the activity level that they are capable of participating in. Um, The next thing you need to think about is traffic. How busy is the area that you are thinking about going? If you've inquired with me or if you've done a little bit of peeking around on my website, you will see that I just don't shoot in state parks. And the reason for that is one, they're the easiest access locations in the region, typically. So state parks, most of the time, are super easy to get to. They're the first thing that come up on Google. They're the first recommendation on blog posts. And they're beautiful. Like there's a reason that they are there. However, that also makes them high traffic areas. And so, for example, Emerald Bay, I will not touch with a 10-foot pole because there are too many people there. In addition to that, Emerald Bay is really not very pretty as far as photographing it, unless you're going to be there for like the sunset colors. But when you're putting a subject in front of the camera with Emerald Bay behind you, it's not very pretty after sunrise. It's really hard to photograph, not to say that it can't be done, but it just doesn't look the same. If you're somebody who really likes the warm, ooey-gooey sunset light, Emerald Bay is not the place for you. And to that end, there's many other places that have better sunset lighting with less people. So um, that's something to consider when you are picking your elopement location How much traffic are you willing to deal with? Also, if you're eloping, you probably want some intimacy and some privacy for your ceremony, and you're not going to get that in a state park setting. Um, And you have to find a permit and get a hold of the permitting office, and honestly, it's just kind of a pain in the butt. So um, when possible, I recommend that you stay out of the state parks, but also keep in mind that other areas are not as regulated um, as far as like who's doing what there, and that it might be a little bit harder to get to those areas. So those are the first couple things. Um, The other thing that you need to consider is, and I briefly mentioned this, but how long is it going to take you to get to said location? So say you pick a hike, super beautiful, seems like a great idea, and you get there and you plan it around, you know, you think you've got it all planned around sunrise or sunset, and you get there and it takes you an extra 30 minutes and you've lost out on 30 minutes of good light because of that. So making sure that you have a really solid understanding of the location that you're going to and how much effort and energy it's going to take to get there is so important in keeping your timeline um, on track and not feeling like you're stressed and overwhelmed. Because if there's one thing we're trying to avoid with eloping, especially right now, it's stress. It shouldn't be worse than it was when you started. So um, do what you can to keep that at bay and avoid situations that make you feel super overwhelmed. Um, the other thing to consider when you are picking your elopement location is proximity to where you're staying. So whether that's in Tahoe or whether that's somewhere else, um, you definitely need to take some time to map out how long it's going to take to get from point A to point B, um, from you know where you're getting ready, where you guys are staying, all of those things. And know that for most photographers, coverage is continuous. So coverage doesn't break for driving time. So for example, if I show up at a couple's house at 2 p.m. for getting ready photos, um, and then we do getting ready photos and we drive 20 minutes to the elopement location, that's 20 minutes of their coverage that is being used for that. So picking a spot that's in close proximity to where you're staying or picking a spot to stay that's in close proximity to where you want to get married is definitely helpful in maximizing your time. Um, And then, of course, one of the other 
important factors of all of this is making sure that it is legal for you to be where you are or at least kosher. Um, The regulations and rules for this area here are kind of foggy. I honestly have called so many times to try and figure that out and learn exactly what the expectations are from uh, the National Park Service or from the National Forest Service, and they don't really have an answer for me because this is still pretty new. So I make sure to operate respectfully and kindly to the land that I am on, um, which should be a given anyway. No matter what, whoever you're with, if you're popping a bottle of champagne, pick up your trash. Don't, don't, please, for the love of everything good in this world, do not spray confetti. Do not pop confetti. I don't care if it's like natural dried flowers. If they're not native to the area, it's really not worth it. Um, And like no silk petals, please. Thank you very much. That's my rant on Leave No Trace. Um, But yeah, like if you're in the process of, um, you know, trying to figure out where (laughs) exactly everything is happening, keep in mind that you shouldn't be on private property unless you have permission to. Um, State park land, again, if you don't have a permit, you're going to get a fine. Most of the time, the National Forest is pretty much um, easy to access. And as long as you're not bringing, you know, 25 people out into the woods or, and I would even go as far to say that like, most of the time I try to keep it to like, four people maximum um, because that's a size group that I would take on a hike and I don't really feel that it's any different. Um, As long as you are respectful, you leave no trace, you are kind to the environment, kind to the trail, stay on trail, um, pick up your trash. If you, you know, whatever you are doing on, on the land, just ensure that you are not damaging it and leaving it worse than you found it. In most cases, it's pretty easy to leave it better than you found it. So, um, Yeah, and then obviously for getting there um, (laughs) and, you know, taking into account how much time it's going to take, uh, you also want to make sure that you guys are wearing appropriate footwear. This is a big one. Uh, Sometimes couples will show up in really like minimal sneakers and it works, but it's not as comfortable or confidence inducing when you're climbing up granite or scaling a mountain uh, if you're only wearing super low tread shoes. So make sure that you guys bring appropriate footwear to access the locations. Um, And again, if you have already, you know, hired your vendors and you're keeping vendors from a canceled wedding or a postponed wedding, or if you're hiring somebody new, um, these are just some tips that will help you navigate the locations um, and the aspects of it. And please don't take offense if you if you've been one of the people who've messaged me asking for a location and uh, the answer hasn't been yes. Um, it's really not personal. It's truly just part of the business that I that I do and the services that I offer. And it's such a huge part of it that it wouldn't feel it wouldn't feel right to give that away to people who um, are not my clients because it really is such a big deal. So um, those are some tips for picking your locations and navigating that again. Uh, Hello to all of you new listeners. Thanks for tuning in. I hope that this was a little bit helpful. And if you haven't booked a photographer yet or you are looking to elope in the next handful of months, um, definitely shoot me an email. We can uh, get in touch and talk about the possibilities. And again, uh, locations are my thing. Uh, I was born and raised in Tahoe and have a really great understanding of the area, the lay of the land, the do's and don'ts, the places we can go, the places we can't go. And I have yet to truly, truly repeat a a special location. Um, There's, of course, a handful of places that are good for repeats just because sometimes I get clients with, you know, small timelines or, um, you know, inhibitions for 
or, you know, um, needing to be able to access things a certain way. And so we kind of reuse spots. But um, for the most part, I pride myself on giving everybody their own set of GPS coordinates. And uh, if you are in the market to elope soon and want to do it here, I would love to give you your own set of GPS coordinates yourself. So that is all for today. Happy almost Friday. Thanks for tuning in. And I will talk to you guys next time. One last comment. I just hit end recording and realized I missed a very important piece of all of this that you may have noticed if you have been trying to find your uh, elopement location via Instagram or on maybe my page even. Uh, you will notice that I don't actually tag any of the exact spots that I take people. And obviously this is for, um, you know, privacy reasons of what I previously stated of not wanting to... Uh, you know, explain in depth the locations or share those with people who are not my my current clients. However, the other piece of this is something very near and dear to my heart, and I kind of briefly touched on Leave No Trace, but um, I think it's super, super, super important in the elopement industry as well as the outdoor adventure industry to help keep places wild and natural by tagging responsibly. So um, if you are somebody who's involved in, you know, the outdoor realm of things, you have probably seen various tags on Instagram called um, tag responsibly, keep Jackson Hole wild, tag responsibly, keep Colorado beautiful, those sorts of things. Um, And I actually also created one for Lake Tahoe uh, that is titled tag responsibly, keep Tahoe wild. So um, in the, you know, coming full circle of this whole conversation with myself, um, once you do pick a location and once you do utilize that for your elopement, please, 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 please be mindful of what you tag and how you share that. And it's, you know, it's not it's not entirely for the sake of like keeping people out of it. But um, I think it is important to help keep lower traffic places um kind of off the radar in some ways because in places like Tahoe or Jackson Hole or Colorado and uh, you know various other mountain towns we see a lot of people coming in and out who utilize Instagram and other social media platforms to find spots and that's amazing however there are a large population of those groups of people who um they don't really care as much as we do. And uh, a lot of times, unfortunately, my favorite spots, once they are shared publicly on the internet by, you know, certain sources or tagged enough times, you can absolutely see the difference. And so in choosing your location and sharing it after the fact, and even in just everyday adventuring, I highly encourage you to keep locations on the DL and, um, Make sure that you're tagging responsibly wherever you are in order to preserve the natural beauty that is all around us. And uh, yeah, so (laughs) that concludes today's episode. Thank you again for joining me today and I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Elopement Podcast. If you'd like to connect outside of this podcast, just shoot me an email. You can do that at theelopementpodcast at gmail.com or you can visit me online at, you guessed it, www.theelopementpodcast.com.